Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Chakra Way Meditation Podcast. And today I have um, a, a wonderful guest I'm really excited to talk to. It's Katrina Boss. I hope I've said that right. If I said that right, I didn't check. Mm. Boss? Yeah, good. So wow. Katrina is a Tantra teacher and author. And um, we are going to be talking about uh, all things Tantra, um, intimacy, the uh, masculine, feminine energies and how we find balance, um, all sorts of things. I don't really know where this conversation is going to go as yet, but it might get a little bit saucy. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know Katrina well enough yet to know if that's where we're going to go, but I'm kind of hoping we are in a small way. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome, Katrina. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no, you're you're so welcome. Um, so first of all, just tell me a little bit about the work that you do and how you got to be where you are today. You know, what was your your journey, if you like, through to where you are now with your work? Today, I realize I love writing. You know, you you have all these realizations in life, and and you don't always know what to do with them. I realize my favorite thing to do is to write. But the other big thing is I do, I, I teach a lot live, especially on Zoom. Over the, the lockdowns and everything, Zoom became this bizarre place where you actually could connect with people, which I never believed was possible over Zoom. But it actually is quite intimate and wonderful. And I'm so surprised. So that's probably the predominant work I do is through live classes over Zoom and writing. That's my main piece that I love. But how I got here... Um, I discovered Tantra about 20 years ago. I was married. Uh, I was married for 20 years. And it was about the 10-year mark that I was lying there with my husband, who was a very good man. And we had a very good marriage, like <laughs> air quote. And it, it really was like cosmopolitan, 98 percentile kind of thing. It was a good marriage. 
good sex, all that kind of thing. And yet I would, I was lying in bed going, there's more, there's more than this. There's more, there's a deeper intimacy. And even the sex, I kind of felt like we were in kindergarten, even mm. though everyone's having orgasms and we liked kissing and everything was fine. I think there's more. And it's almost like, you know, when, when I was young, I was so convinced that having sex was going to be this fireworks and I was going to be a changed woman, like the shift from virginity to whatever was going to be life-changing. You know, my state would be changed because everyone made such a big deal about losing your virginity. This must be huge, right? (laughs) And when I finally had sex, like I waited till I was 20, which is ironic, but I waited till I was 20 and then I did it. And it was like, that was nothing. Like chocolate puddings more interesting than that. Like that was like, that didn't change my state. That was nothing. And I think I always had this little thing inside of me, even though nowhere in the world described anything different, really, I knew that there was more. Yeah. Not that Tantra was about sex, but sex is so interesting that they, that they, that the church has separated spirituality from sex mm-hmm. so that, it couldn't be connected. So long. So then fast forward 10 years, I married to a good man, good life, good, whatever. And I'm like, there's more to this. And the word Tantra floated up inside of me. Of course, the internet wasn't what it is now, right? Mm-hmm. A few people had websites for their businesses, but you couldn't look up anything like Tantra. And so I went to the local library. I live in a really small town, like 8,000 people. And I went to the local library And I said, can you find me every book on Tantra in all of Ontario, Canada? And so these little old ladies, they get all these books in this like stack of books. And of course, they're all like really kinky stuff and 12 people having sex under the full moon covered in dirt. And like, it's all this crazy (laughs) stuff. And the women are like, they're like still stamping the books, right? This is how, and they're looking at me over their glasses like, wow, what a kook, right? And I'm like, whatever. And then I found one book that it was called The Heart of Tantric Sex by Diana Richardson. And it was almost like, you know how when you know something, like, you know, we often talk about that we're in the process of remembering what we already know. Yeah. That's what my journey of Tantra was. I would look through the books going, yes, that's it. That's what it is. We can we can open our hearts and we can have different experiences and we can bring our spiritual selves, we can bring our infinite selves into this. I knew it. <laughs> it's like this, that's it. And then, but ironically, my husband at the time wasn't interested. Like he kind of felt this was a bit of an affront to him that what, like there's something wrong with our sex life because according to the world, we had an epic sex life. Like yeah. we really did. And so, but of course, as serendipity would have it, this drove me into studying the spirituality of Tantra and understanding, okay, what did this really mean? Like if I want to make love in this expansive divine way that in my heart I know is possible, the reality is, is that I have to change, Mm. right? I have to be more expansive. I can't bring my little fearful, worried self about my cellulite or my belly fat or something into intimacy if I want to have this you know godlike experience the sacred sexuality which is really what it is isn't it it's finding that 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 yeah I mean there's there's only so much sort of flesh slapping sex that actually is satisfying and 
and there's a yearning and I, I I totally understand that that yearning for something that is more than just that because there has to be and there is and you're here to tell us about it so yeah well and it's so interesting and so all of a sudden I had to it's like you have to shift the philosophy of life like you actually have to but it's subtle right it's these little things it's almost like if for example like um in so this is my book tantric intimacy and in there there's a page of like six six pages of constructs that limit us mm. and this comes from when i i have an online course that's been running for a long time all about the foundations of tantric intimacy and one of the homework questions is what are the constructs you learned one from your family from the church and from the society you were raised in. And so people would say, you know, like you always have to be a good girl or men are the head of the household or money doesn't grow on trees or God isn't about sex or whatever, like all these constructs. And so I gathered them all together. And when I was writing the book, I put them all together and they filled like 10 pages of originally. And my editor was like, Katrina, you can't have all this list. Like you can't have lists in books, right? But then she started reading them. She's like, oh, yeah, I have that one and that one and that one and that one. And that. like it was like, she goes, okay, keep all six pages. <laughs> but it's like, because the funny thing about Tantra is we're inherently Tantra. Like we're naturally expansive and infinite and open and loving. This is our natural state. It's all these funny little, almost like little paper cuts that happen over our time, like right right from the time we're children, all the way up to the point where we're seeking this, that slowly just limited us. And so the real journey is just getting rid of them, which is easier to say than to do, but to actually say, wow, what is in the way of me believing that I'm perfect? Like I'm actually whole. There's nothing wrong with me. Even if my arms cut off and I have a headache, and I just lost my job. <laughs> like, how can I still be a, a perfect being? Like, how can I still be ac- access my ultimate self? Even though in the physical world, someone might say, yeah, but you're not all there. It's like, but I am. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then you make love from that point. Because that's the thing. It's like, we don't have to be perfect. We just have to show up and say, you know, how you doing? Like, let's. let's just like let's play let's let's explore each other from this wonderful place I think it's that easy but we have to get there yeah because we 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 have you know there are there are this that separation isn't it between the the I the me the soul and the body and the body can be whatever shape size whatever it is it is just the vessel in which your spirit and your energy resides and it's that energy and that spirit with which you want to connect with your partner with your lover with your you know with your significant other with your you know whoever it is just sort of slapping your bodies together is somewhat satisfying and you're exactly right. That's what society has told us is is the right thing. And now, you know, the fact that that pornography is just so widespread and easy and free and just like out there, everyone has this like, oh, it's supposed to look like that. And and it it and it isn't. That is one way of doing it, but it is not the only way by a very, 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 very long way. Um, and it's so destroying to think that your only validation about 
being worthy to have this experience is if your body looks airbrushed and perfect and a particular shape and size when that's actually the last thing that matters what matters is the heart connection and that energetic connection and that's what i am so interested in and excited by in terms of this tantric intimacy and understanding this balance between the masculine and the feminine energies within us because i think as as females we've been um taught and um cajoled into feeling that we have to be the um you know i mean we are the receivers you know physically whatever but we have to you know that we are have to be all demure and coy and you know shy or you know and that there's a sh- that there's shame i mean the amount of shame that is poured on to women historically and you know we may not feel shame like in this moment as modern women but our ancestors have had and really like people will know yet yeah, that their grandmothers got pregnant before they were married and they got sent away and the child was taken away or whatever you like the shame that was piled onto women and not necessarily onto men so there's a big imbalance of ancestral trauma i feel amongst between the sexes um and it's it's our job in this present moment to try and heal those wounds and try and heal that imbalance and i just yeah do find it all really um so it's so important because it feeds not only you know you know (laughs) that same famous saying isn't it sex sells you know sex is behind pretty much everything that happens in the world (laughs) it's our primary reason for being here and it's used and abused and it's packaged and it's sold to us. And it's like, we've got no kind of choice about how it feels or what it looks like or how it should be. We just kind of accept it. So I'm really so with you on this. Like it doesn't have to be like that. It can be so much more than that. And, um, yeah, I want to I want to absorb as much as you have, so I, I will stop talking. But <laughs> it was funny when you were talking about the feminine and the shame and the history and all that. It's it's really interesting. So one of my big passions right now, like I've been teaching Tantra for a long time, and one of the aspects of Tantra is the dance of the divine masculine and feminine within us, right? And what's really interesting about that, and so this is my real passion right now, is sharing this what that really looks like, because we have to redefine it because we've sort of understood that the masculine and the feminine are kind of these weird stereotypes you're talking about, that the feminine is sort of weak and demure and is nothing without the man idea. And the man is like some kind of warrior God archetype of big pectoral muscles and stoic and angry or something silly. But the reality is if you actually look at the universal energies of the masculine and feminine, right? These are the actual creation energies of the world. The masculine is simply the energy that does to something else. Like if you imagine the God consciousness, totality, however you understand that energy, this is the oneness. This is where we are omnipotent, omniscient. Like we, we are all one, that whole spiritual thing. We're all one. Well, we are in God's space, right? Like, but we, you and I, we're living in duality. Right. We have split into duality so that we can experience each other. So how does a universal energy experience each other? 
right? Well, we do it through the masculine feminine energies. And that means if I'm speaking, I'm in the masculine and I am giving to whoever's listening. This is how duality works. This is how we interact. Like it's very, very simple. Like it's very primal. Mm -hmm. And so say giving and receiving. So let's say in lovemaking, to, if you polarize into the masculine feminine, which is what creates the bliss state and ecstasy and tantric intimacy, then the feminine, whoever the feminine partner is, like in a same-sex couple, if you have this kind of dynamic intimacy, one person will be strengthened by playing in the feminine, one will be strengthened by playing in the masculine. So if I receive and I if I completely polarize into that receiving space, I grow like nobody's business. It's like it's like Mother Earth opening to the to the rain, right? Like it's just, and that's a journey. That is a journey of releasing the pain, the trauma of generations, right? Like it's no small thing. Yeah. But the one thing I wanted to mention, so for example, that's one dynamic is the masculine uh, is the is the giving and receiving in the masculine feminine, which both are a huge deal. Like even for the masculine partners to learn how to give in a way that the feminine desires to learn how to give in a, in a confident way to give themselves, to expose themselves. Like it is such a journey for them and it's really exciting and empowering. But the one that's really, I think really exciting is actually the masculine structure to the feminine chaos. And this is where the feminine chaos, this is our wild nature. This is our chaotic nature in a very healthy way in a, pure potential way, right? And what's interesting about that is historically, the feminine has kind of been nothing, kind of tabula rasa, where the women are nothing without the men, right? Without the masculine. Like I remember when I first got married, I took my husband's name. My, my maiden name is Harding, right? My husband's name was Boss, which obviously I was going to keep when we divorced because why would you give up Boss as a last name? <laughs> But he, you know, I remember getting mail to Mrs. Wayne Boss, right? And I'm like, wow, I gave up my last name. I still have a first name. Like, I am still a person. But this is historically what we understood, that the feminine, the woman was nothing until she was impregnated. And now she's a mother. She got married and now she's a wife. Like, she is nothing. The feminine masculine, say, in schools, the masculine is the teacher, the feminine is the student. This is how the energy is going. But the students are treated like tabula rasa. They are empty slates to be filled by the teacher. Mm. This is one of the primary issues with our understanding of the feminine. That instead, the feminine is not like the masculine. The feminine is equally, equally strong, obviously, but different. So the imagine embracing that we are pure chaos and our primal wild energy. And again, this isn't like, you know, that I'm like having a little fit all the time or something. It's the wildness is like, if you imagine the difference between a horse in captivity and a horse in the wild, mm. a horse in the wild isn't running around banging into trees and screaming and yelling and jumping into the lake all the time. Yeah. It's just living. Yeah. It's eating, it's sleeping, it's having sex, it's running. Like it's just doing whatever it does. That's our real nature, you know? And, and there is an amazing pleasure dome within that incredible chaos of the feminine. So for example, making love with a feminine partner, it isn't what 
the masculine does to them, it's the exploration of that. You have this epic, chaotic, infinite, wild goddess before you, male or female, doesn't matter, right? And the masculine's journey is the exploration of that. It's more like climbing Everest or exploring a new forest or something. It's like, what is here? This is amazing. So the energy of the adventurer of the masculine and the feminine completely allowing this wonderful experience, that's the interplay, that both are potent, both are amazing. Even the journey of receiving someone. I remember at one point when my husband, my ex-husband finally was like, okay, let's, let's do this sexy thing, right? <laughs> and to actually open myself completely, physically, emotionally, mentally, to receive him completely, and all of a sudden I started realizing he's not actually giving 100%. He's holding some cards back. Yeah. And, that, and you can almost feel it. You can feel that the energy isn't flowing between us how it could. And then I had to ask myself, but am I receiving him completely? Mm. Or am, do I have judgment of him? Do I actually not want all of him? And it's And it was a fascinating dance kind of playing together to actually receive completely. And I thought, wow, what a gift it would be to be received completely by someone. Like energetically, it will flow into the math, into the physical. But that's where the feminine is so much more than just this, you know, I'm just a cylinder for a penis to go in and out of. Like, no, this is a whole, you know, the feminine's a something. And that's sort of, to me, the beginning of understanding tantric intimacy between two people, that both are these amazing energies and they're coming together. And it's like, I don't want to say like an atomic bomb, but there's more possible here than just, than just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, as you're describing that, I'm, I'm thinking that's, that's a real journey to get to a place where you feel fully receiving, fully receptive or fully giving. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's a, I imagine that that's the challenge. That's the, that's the work to do in tantric intimacy is actually being able to let go of all of those six pages of stuff for, to begin with. <laughs> excuse me and then all your other you know I mean yeah all the insecurities that you might have and all the preconceptions you might have but then also you have the relationship that's that's not the sexual relationship where you know you're emptying the dishwasher or you're you know having to do what you know like really mundane things and it's like finding that meld of being able to do the shopping and you know Put a shelf up or you know do your daily work um and then turn into not turn into maybe that's the wrong phrase but to become this very open um way of being whether you're giving or receiving to actually kind of make that shift and so i'm imagining that there are techniques and ways and breath work and and i know that you're a a yoga teacher as well, your Kundalini yoga teacher, um, which is very energetic and very breath and mantra and so on. Um, 
does how how do we sort of meld <clears throat> God, sorry I've gone off croaky how do we kind of meld that that daily do of life with this sacred sexuality of tantra in tantric intimacy yeah well the, the, what's interesting too about this masculine feminine is in our daily life we have to be completely balanced unto ourselves so even this polarization that I talk about that I love to be in the feminine for example in intimacy that's just an intimacy like that's just in that kind of romantic aspect of my relationship it has nothing to do with the rest of my life or even the rest of my relationship with my partner. It's just, it's just in that romantic part. Like it, that's the, really that, that we have to be completely balanced all the time in our own. I need to be able to manifest my own dreams. Like I need to be able to mat in the masculine manifest my feminine inspiration. I need to, you know, have a, a balance of doing and being, I need to be completely balanced in my own self. The transition into intimacy is from this beautiful balance within myself, my partner's balance within themselves. And then you need to kind of almost decide, all right, let's slowly tease each other's masculine and feminine out so that we can kind of create this bigger masculine and feminine together. And so you really do need to sort of have bubble time. You really need to be able, because in the world, you're fully balanced. Like, let's say you have children. If you have children, you may always have to have some masculine. Like if I want to be in the feminine and intimacy, that's fine. But I'm all, if I always have an ear open for somebody that might be crying, I'm not actually able to fully polarize. Like yeah. that's not a thing. If you actually genuinely want to be in the masculine, but you're actually going through a really hard time right now. You're really in a vulnerable state. Like one of the dynamics is the vulnerable and the protector in the masculine feminine. Well, if that's actually your reality, you actually need to still have a part of you there and you're not going to be able to fully polarize. It's just not a thing, right? And, and that's, that's the other thing about Tantra is you don't make anything up. I'm actually personally not very ritual-based. That's actually not my way and I don't know why. <laughs> that's just not how I do things. That's for you, yeah. But I do think that you know, there are times, say, that we might be in very busy places, or maybe even as a couple, there's been some difficult words spoken, or maybe just some weird energy between each other that have been misunderstood, and you're just kind of like, not quite there, but you're kind of like, let's reconnect, even though it's just a little bristly right now. And so we'll go into the bedroom, and we kind of sit there, and we'll just, we will eye gaze, like that's a big thing in Tantra, right, is to eye gaze. But it doesn't always mean something when you're just doing it as an exercise in a workshop, but when you're actually struggling to find each other in life, which happens, like this is, this is a real world we're living in yeah. to sit down with the full intention that I want to connect. I want our hearts to open. I mean, I don't use words like this in actual life, but if to sit there and say, let's find each other and to sit there without words without anything. And it's almost like I was in Greece uh, a few years ago and I was chatting with this man and it was so funny because he didn't speak a lot of English. So it was, it's always sometimes more interesting that way because you get the real meat of things. Mm -hmm. And he said, he says, I believe that humans are made of two things, mathematics and emotions. <laughs> and I never got to talk about the mathematics part, which I would have liked to, 
But he said, it's through our emotions that we communicate. And that to me is what eye gazing is. It's like you sit and your eyes are connected, but it's not about peeking into the soul of the other person and all that stuff. That's not really it. This is just the connecting point. This is just the connection of souls, but you're not supposed to see anything in their pupils or something. And when this is connected, it's almost like it stills the mind and you get to feel each other. And maybe you feel sadness in the other, or you feel loneliness in the other, or you feel frustration, or you feel whatever, but it's almost like the bodies know how to feel each other. And you just sit there while the bodies communicate in our very genuine way without any words. And all of a sudden, like you're together. Mm. And maybe you speak, maybe you don't. It's best not to normally because we get our heads in there. And then all of a sudden, you're sort of embracing. And then you allow it to flow wherever it flows because maybe the most tantric thing you could do right now is to lie in each other's arms. Maybe one person needs to cry. Maybe maybe you do need to have crazy horny monkey sex mm -hmm. and just release a whole pile of crazy energy. Or maybe there's just this gentle caressing that happens and it does lead into deep tantric intimacy. But there's something about allowing whatever is to happen between these two beings, like that there's no preconceived ideas of what, even what tantric intimacy is. Yeah. It's and I just want to connect with you. Yeah, it's an energetic connection, isn't it, that you're that you're creating. Um and it's a it's with that sort of beautiful intention of the energy connecting. And I get what you say, like there's no point if you're really, you know, if you're frustrated with your partner and you sit down and you look them in the eye, you're just going to go in your head, just going to be, oh my God, you know, there's going to be <laughs> a not very useful reel going on in your head of, of whatever. But if you sit down with the aim and desire to reconnect, there's something about that in the intention. And, and I know that, um, you one of your favorite little subjects is the quantum physics of energy which is absolutely mine as well and i feel like this comes down to a bit of quantum physics where you know if you look at at a at a quantum level at a at an atom you know the the particles within it are only still or only come to a form when it is actually being observed and so your intention with what you want to see in that is is everything and and i feel like that that energy that is within every atom of every cell in every body can be directed but it's um it feels unattainable. It feels like, oh, that's, it feels like hard work. It feels difficult or it feels challenging. Um, and I think, yeah, maybe, I don't know, you can tell me. I mean, it is just setting intention, the, the right way to go about it. Well, and I think if your relationships are interesting, and I, I think in this time, right, it's 2024 right now. <clears throat> we are in a, a really different consciousness and we're actually capable of something much more than we could, we were capable of 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so when I was first married, 
I was just in love with being married. I was just in love with being in love. I was in love with having my own house and having my perfect little husband and my Harlequin romance. Like that's, that's what I was in love with. And you, that was sort of the foundation. Then you have babies and then you do this and you're kind of independent and you know, all that kind of thing. But then, but there's no actual training in this level of intimacy and this kind of deep connection and the awareness and the consciousness of our thoughts and what we say and all that kind of thing. And so we almost end up astray in the relationship. And all of a sudden, like 20 years later, you don't even know how to fix it. Like It's just like, there's so many things that have happened. You're just like, where do we even start? Right? Yes, exactly. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And so, but, so what's interesting is my partner and I, we, we started dating about two years ago and it was such a radically different start point, you know, at this time of life, you know, kids and grandkids and a whole, like we're, we're in a whole separate place. So we're not necessarily looking for the Harlequin romance. Mm. And for me, I'm blissfully happy alone. <laughs> like I'm, I'm my own entertainment most of the time. Like I'm quite, and I'm not talking about sexually, I just mean I'm a, I'm a whole person. I love my life. If I want to have a lover, I'll have a lover. Like, it's not that big a deal. Like you just, you have great community and it's fun. So to have a relationship, it's like, oh, well then this is really going to be something. And what's wild is you let nothing slide. It's almost like all the curious patterns of the patriarchy on both sides. Like everybody has been hit with that club, whether it's always having to be demure and keeping the peace and not saying, and I don't want to be difficult and I la, 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 on the feminine or to be the masculine. Like they've been hit with so much, the mansplaining, the entitlement, all that kind of thing. And it's not their fault any more than it's our fault that we're always trying to keep the peace and resenting the, the crap out of everybody because we do things we don't want to do and to actually catch it right away. Like whatever it is, as soon as in your heart you feel this isn't right, to actually say something's not right here. And the other person might be like, well, what do you mean? You're like, I don't know. All I know is that where I really want to go with this, we're a muck right now. And I, and I don't really even take it personally. Like it's these two personalities. It's like, what did our parents teach us? What have we absorbed over time that is somehow getting in the way of what we desire right now. And we really need to look at it in this time, no matter whether we've been in a relationship for 30 years or we're dating to say, 
this isn't right. And we need to trust ourselves. We need to trust that truth and that guidance within to say, we're on the wrong path. Let's sit and talk about this. Yeah. And so my partner, for the first probably eight months, this was our life. This was our relationship. We would get together and he'd say something, right? And we'd be like, what is this? Are we playing out some weird grandparent patriarchal dynamic here? What is this? And and we would end up sitting on the couch because he lived an hour away from me for like, like hours, getting down to the bottom of it and down. And eventually he'd say to me, is it better now? And I'm like, does it feel better now? No, darn it. And we have to sit there like, what is this? And then all of a sudden it'd be like, you know, it kind of reminds me of this experience when I was a child and I felt really put down and da, 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 da. It's like, whoa. And all of a sudden the body, you feel the bodies go, oh, yeah. that's what it was. And yeah. then it's over. Yeah. And you just slowly, it's like this house cleaning. But I think the key is, because to your point, it sounds exhausting, right? It just sounds like, oh my God. But it's so funny that we sort of think that spiritual journeys are all puppy dogs and rainbows. Yeah. You know? Work. It is work. We're unpacking a crazy, tyrannical, sociopathic world. <laughs> this is what we're living in. Kind of work that you're talking about, that sort of like, this doesn't feel right. Let's get to the bottom of it. Let's let's talk about this until we both feel complete is um, actually one of the most satisfying things you can do. It is actually the most fulfilling and um, amazing things that you can do to feel close to your partner is actually go, and I'm really, you know, there's nothing worse than shoving it down. And I should know because I did it for quite a number of years, you know, some resentment, unhappiness thing. And I just go, no, I'm just not going to, not going to bring it up. It's not worth it. It's just going to end up in an argument or this or that. I just keep the peace, keep the peace. And until I could keep the peace no longer big, you know, and then, and then you, when you get to the bottom of it, you feel so much closer and so much more ready to, be open and and willing and respectful and and cherishing and loving and all of those things it's um it's a really actually it's hard work but it's super powerful and it's worth it i think well and it's so necessary because again this this masculine feminine thing and this oppression of the feminine this is really it's so important and it gets not just the the women for example the masculine intellect right and the feminine feeling We've always went, oh, feeling, poo-poo, unimportant. But what the feelings do is they actually, they reflect our actual manifestation. They reflect reality. This is the this is feminine truth, feminine wisdom in all people, right? Yes. This is what is. It's sort of the masculine Shiva energetic consciousness manifesting as the physical Shakti, right? And then we live in this beautiful dance between Shiva and Shakti, between the energy of consciousness and our actual life. Mm. Well, feminine is actual life in all genders. This is our actual reality. The problem with when the, the masculine oppresses reality, this is when our brain is oppressing reality. And it's saying, no, 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 no. Don't feel like that. Don't feel like that's ridiculous. You're just causing trouble. It's like, no, this is reality. Like we've been trained to override reality with a fantastical, untrue thing, like with some kind of weird ideal. This isn't reality. 
right? So when to actually then shift out of that and say, so it's like, I remember one time years ago, I was counseling a, a, a man and he was really struggling in his relationship. And, and I, and he was talking about his partner, like, should she just keeps yelling at me? And she's just, da, 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 da. and I said, well, have you said anything to her about this? And he said, well, no, I don't want to cause any problems. It's like, no, there are problems. <laughs> yes. Like you're not causing anything, yes. but this is what this weird thing is, this oppression of the feminine, which we all have deeply embodied in our own self, that we oppress our own feelings and judge them as wrong, right? The feminine is trouble. This is trouble. And it's like, no, it's truth. It's yes. just reality. And so all of a sudden, the very idea that we were trained to swallow our emotions and oh, just ignore that resentment and you're being difficult. It's like, I'm not being difficult. This is reality. And this is the interesting thing about Tantra, for example. Well, it's just, it's reality. Like it's not airy fairy. It's like, how do you actually feel right now? Well, what do you mean? It's like, see, that should be an easy question. <laughs> that should be so obvious. And so, for example, people would take my course, like couples would take my online course and they would say, do you think this is going to help my relationship? And it's like, um, well, it's either going to help it or end it yeah. faster than normal because the first week, it's sort of the first week is sort of here are the possibilities and we're going to open all the, the, you know, the what's possible. But here's your daily sadhana. Here's your practice, your spiritual practice. You must be kind to each other for one week and over half the people would actually in their homework respond well that's stupid who wants that like that's boring and sometimes I'm tired and sometimes they piss me off but that is the number one thing that's the elephant in the room that we believe that we can be unkind to each other that we start treating each other like a sibling or we rebel against each other because we're playing out some parental you know dynamic with them or something and then we want to have tantric sex. You want to merge with the divine, with each other. And you were just mean to the other person. Right. And so it's, it's, there's such a, a cleanup of our philosophies of living and how we interact with other people. Like this is a huge journey, but the truth is the other way, like without doing this interesting work of getting down to the bottom of it, the other way, is horrible yeah burying all that having all of these energetic and elephants in the room all the time yeah and then taking them into into intimacy into having sex it's like it's never gonna be that wholehearted beautiful spiritual atomic bomb that you talk about you know this explosion because this is the other thing that is a sort of i don't know slightly mythical perhaps about tantric um tantric intimacy tantric sex is that you know oh you know you have orgasms that last for like five hours or you know like you just sort of on the edge for ever and ever and it goes on forever and I think that that is um you know I don't know if that's possible maybe it is maybe it isn't maybe in some forms um but yeah we have this kind of myth I've lost my thread completely what was I saying got carried away with the idea of a five-week <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can actually, maybe you're just meant to open that up because God knows I love talking about it. And 
So the thing about that is it's, so Sting did this, right? Sting, poor Sting. You know, he he happened to share that he and his wife were studying Tantra and they make love for three or four hours or eight hours a day or whatever he said, right? And of course the whole world was like, woohoo, you know, eight hour orgasms, right? That's awesome. And on some level, this is possible. But and it in real, in, in real life, that kind of thing is possible, but it's a completely different um experience it's not like an ejaculatory orgasm for five hours i mean you'd literally probably just burn out and die or something <laughs> it would just be like and i have launched into the next you know i don't know what would happen but what happens instead is like so for example we one of the teachings if you want to practice tantric intimacy is to release the goal of orgasm and ejaculation these are separate things men can ejaculate without orgasm and they can orgasm without ejaculation in procreative sex, they just happen to be very close together as that energy to shoot that semen off to the egg, right? They just happen to be together. But the reason we do that isn't because ejaculation is wrong. It's because when we have this goal in mind, everything goes to the goal and it becomes a limited container. Mm. And it's kind of like that quantum slit experiment that you were talking about, that when you focus on something, it becomes like a particle. And if you don't focus on it, it's a wave, which is a whole other story, but it's a wave. So the difference is in, in procreative sex, it's a particle. I'm going to orga I'm going to orgasm. I'm going to make sure you orgasm. I'm going to ejaculate. Da, 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 da. So it's a limited field that you're going to experience. If you take your eyes off of the orgasm, you take your eyes off of ejaculation. Now what's possible? Right now. And for many people, it's like, I don't even know what to do then. And that's what's interesting, right? So then all of a sudden you start to notice the person's skin and you actually realize that, wow, I love touching you. And the person receiving the touch, suddenly this very simple touch is like, you know, let's say you like someone. I always picture this at a dance and you like someone and they happen to walk by and they happen to touch your shoulder and your whole body's like, oh, <laughs> you can feel it for like half an hour. You're like, touched me right that's what we're made for that kind of touch like we're our nervous system is meant to be one system not compartmentalized that now you're touching my shoulder you should if you can relax like you imagine completely lying relaxed and your lover and you're both in a great place and they just start to gently touch you and you allow this feeling to go through your whole body what does that start to feel like right? It starts to feel like an orgasmic state, mm. right? And now all of a sudden, this is just, and all you're doing is touching their face. And then like, you know, you, there's all these sensitive spaces where if they touch you here and you're actually relaxed because the goal is actual intimacy, not for creative sex, ejaculation, orgasm. The goal is to actually allow these two beings to merge together. That's what I want. I want to merge with you as a being. So now all of a sudden, all these lovely energetic tentacles that flow out of our skin and our aura are now merging with each other and they're stimulating each other. And the person touching all of their nervous system is being stimulated and my nervous system. So all of a sudden there's this magnetism building between you and both people are relaxing and they're feeling it through their whole body. And all of a sudden you start to shift states. Like you're no longer thinking about groceries 
or your body. Like, I mean, my, my original teacher, he used to say that once you start actually making love like this, the bodies disappear anyway. Mm. Like all that you actually feel is this part. You don't even know if they're touching your hand or your leg or whatever. It doesn't even matter. And now you imagine you get it to the erogenous zones and you actually, and you're not touching them to stimulate them to orgasm. You're just touching them mm. and to think how incredibly sensitive they are in the best ways. Like the senses are so heightened and all of a sudden, for example, touching a woman's breasts or touching a man's penis or whatever, you touch these areas very gently or however you feel like touching them, but they are fully receiving this touch. Their body is just becoming so alive. And again, but there's no goal, mm. Like there's no cap on this. You just, you start to become part of the universe. And I mean, this may sound very bizarre, but you're so relaxed. It's like receiving a massage. If you like massages, your whole body disappears into the table, right? Now you're actually doing it with someone else, right? Now imagine you actually have intercourse. Like now all of a sudden the bodies are awake and you start to actually connect and you, you, you insert body parts into wherever you want to insert them. And now all of a sudden, there's this cycle of energy flowing between you. And again, you're not doing this. You're just connecting, right? And what happens, say, in heterosexual sex, the feminine body, when she is completely open, the yoni, the vagina, actually opens. Like they, they call it, like in, in, in a lot of Chinese literature, they call this like the jade gate, right? And she opens and she becomes awake. And that also for women, there's a huge healing needed there because when you've had a lot of like procreative sex like that, what happens is the vagina walls become very hardened mm -hmm. in the same way that a fighter has to strengthen their core to take a hit yeah. and they become very desensitized. And so part of my journey also was having this very slow intimacy. And what happened was, say, for example, this is a woman's feminine pole and the yoni is our negative pole. So if you imagine the poles of a magnet, if I'm stimulated here in the masculine or my heart center, like just being loved and taken out and wooed and all that kind of thing, my negative pole opens to receive, right? Like iron filings, right? It receives. But to actually, when I was first practicing this, to actually realize that for me to completely receive, I have to relax her completely. And suddenly, decades of vaginal trauma from pounding sex mm. were suddenly being released. And I cried. I cried during sex for a long, like not a long time, but it, I had to do that quite a few times to just release all the trauma. And, it, and it's not just the trauma of the sex. There's so much emotion connected to that and the obligation and all the junk that we brought into it. Yeah. Then what happens when we release all that trauma out of the vagina, she becomes my friends. When I tell this story, cause it's my favorite story, they call it octopusy because she becomes this alive being, right? So all of a sudden the Vajra, the, the penis goes in and she is, and she's all negatively charged. Right? So it's like, and like she grabs onto the head and then this starts happening, right? 
She's not just a cylinder. She's this epic thing. So now you imagine as a woman, imagine your most vulnerable chakra, right? Your most foundational energetic space is doing this in ultimate pleasure as it's playing with this Shiva pole of energy. And this, this is now flowing through your entire being, right? Because you're all connected. This is an orgasmic state Mm -hmm. and you are no longer in time and space. Like you have no idea. It could last for five minutes or it could last for five hours. It doesn't even matter, right? You're not in a timed thing. So all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of playing and you're doing this and all of a sudden both the energy sort of wanes. Cause again, if you make love for hours, as opposed to 20 minutes, the energy kind of flows like a sine wave, right? And all of a sudden you kind of end up down in a valley and you're kind of like looking at each other. You kind of come back into your bodies and you're like, and you look and it's like three hours have gone by. Yeah. And you're like, huh, you know, you don't experience three hours, but that is what happened. And that's what they're talking about. And it is real, but you can imagine the journey it takes to get to even be able to be that open, which actually isn't rocket science. It's just. It's just an allowing. It feels to me like it's a big surrender and allowing that is required. And that takes some, um, I was going to say bravery, but I don't think it's bravery. It's just, I don't know. What does it take? Well, it's interesting. It's a, in Tantra, one of the teachings which gets really misunderstood is that you have to be open to everything. And so, of course, in sort of a neo-tantric world, they would interpret that as you have to be open to every single sexual possibility. And if you're not, you're close to like they do something crazy with it. But what it really means is Tantra is a, is a path. It's a spiritual path. And what that means is as we intuitively listen, right, and we ask, okay, what's, okay, this is all great, you know, okay, I want the five hours of sex or whatever, but how, what's my first step? <laughs> Just tell me, I don't know what to do. Well, in all spiritual paths, the answers always are in our highest wisdom, right? It's always in our divine guidance, always in every single path. Yeah. So we ask within and the and we ask the question and we get the answer, whatever that answer is. That's the answer we have to be open to. Because that's the that's the first key that begins the opening. And maybe it's you need to resolve this question or this issue you have with your ex or your father or this, or maybe you need to call this person, or maybe you need to read this book or take this course, or maybe you just simply listen to a song and you get up a dance and you start to cry, mm. right? Or maybe you feel called to do this yoga practice, or maybe whatever the thing is. <clears throat> we have to be able to say yes to our own divine wisdom. And then that will open whatever we need to open. Like for me, this, this journey actually started in 1999. I was sick. I, I was 29 years old. My kids were little and I had breast lumps growing. And my mom had just died of breast cancer and her mom had died of breast cancer. And we were one of those families. And that's when I actually met my first teacher and he was, we were, I married a farmer and we were living on an organic, we were taking our farm organic and he was actually our mentor, but he also was a healer, but I'd never kind of worked with him in that way. And he helped me. And he, one of the things, so I ended up having this, this is actually the story 
in, in this book, which is my first book, What If You Could Skip the Cancer? And it, the journey was, he said, you have to learn how to pray. And I, I had a lot of issues with the church. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, that's true. Screw you and your prayer. Like, you know, I, was, yeah. I had some issues. <laughs> he was hilarious, right? He was like, I think he was actually like 900 years old or something in a 45 year old body. But he would just kind of look at me and the angrier I got, the better, because that was part of my journey was accessing my emotions because I was always so trying to be stoic and perfect. And he said, no, Katrina, he says, there's three steps of prayer. First, you ask. Second, you listen. And third, you act. Mm-hmm. So it's the only reason to pray is to ask for guidance and then take the leap of faith to step into what you hear. And that's what becomes the divine connection inside. If we don't ever act and have faith in what we hear, we will always have a disconnect between whatever we understand the divine to be and our life. This is the foundation of Tantra, to live in constant communion with that. So even if as we enter into this, whether we're in a relationship, whether we're not in a relationship, and we just want to live in a tantric way, is to ask within. First of all, you have to sort out which voice we're listening to. (laughs) That's a journey. That's important. Yeah, yeah. And then we just take the step, whatever it is. And that's the bravery, right? And that is bravery, courage to go, you know what? I don't even know if I'm listening to the right voice, but I'm going to try. Like I have to at least try. Yeah. And then we really start to live. Like life becomes really interesting because we are now almost observing our own adventure, right? It's like, okay, I did this thing and I have no idea how this is going to pan out. Yeah. But it's so much more interesting. Yeah. And you know, you hear people's stories of people who decide to do some crazy thing, like, you know, just, chucking everything sell every possession and travel around the world and they go i don't know why i just decided i was going to do it and so i did it and you go wow how did you get to do that but that from that so much growth comes you know even if you do fall flat on your face you've learned something and you know that's what life is about life is not about getting it all right because nobody gets it right or completes it fully you know one goes to up you know with a sort of full tick 10 out of 10, you got 100% on everything. That's not the game. The game is to mess up as often as possible. <laughs> just so you can learn, just so you can have those experiences. And, and I love that you say that because, you know, that that does feed into this meditation practice, which does allow that voice to become clearer. And that's what I love about meditation is not trying to you know, cancel out and becomes completely still and quiet and void and no thoughts, but to just observe the thoughts and to see what pops pops up. And, you know, you compose yourself a, a question and go, what am I going to do about this? And then just sit there and then your mind's going to go off and think about, you know, taking the dog to the vet or whatever, you know, it's going to come off in all sorts of different directions, but then it will come back to what's clarity, what is clear. And, and that's um that's the beauty of it. So finding that, yeah, really so interesting. And I feel like I've taken a lot of your time, but I want to tell everybody about your books. I mean, you've mentioned a couple of your books, Tantric Intimacy, Discover the Magic of True, True Connection and Divine Union of the Masculine and Feminine. Plus you've got other books on your roster. And um, all of these can be seen if you go to uh, it's Katrina Boss, 
with just the one S, katrinaboss.ca. Is that right? Mm, yeah. And everything is there, your courses, your classes about you. It's a really, really lovely website. I was just on it before I, before I met up with you and I was like, oh, it's all looking good. And her books, obviously, you know, available on, on all of those um all of those websites where you buy books. And um, so I feel like I, I've just literally scratched the surface with you, Katrina. I feel like there's so much more to learn, but you know, I'm obviously you've written books. So you, there is a lot of information out there for people to gather. And if they feel drawn to come and do a course with you, then so much the better. Um, You've really opened up my eyes to lots of things, you know. And again, like you were saying that at the very beginning when you said I was looking for something and I wasn't sure. And when the word Tantra came up and I looked into it, I was like, ah, that's what I've been looking for. You know, it was the same for me when I found yoga. It's like, oh, finally, here you are, a sort of recognition. And so if there's any kind of resonance that's happened for you during this conversation, please follow it up because I think this is a really important it's a really important part of our lives, our sex lives. You know, it's a really big, big part of our lives. And if we just marginalize it or go, oh, I can't be bothered with it anymore, or I don't have the urges anymore, or I don't really fancy my partner anymore, or, you know, like whatever it is that is going on for you, you know, don't accept the bare minimum of a you know that lovely old English phrase of a slap and tickle you know <laughs> you know there's more you deserve more we all deserve more from you know we've got these incredible instruments that we live in like these bodies are capable of so much more than we give them credit for so this is just another little step on our journey and I'm so grateful to you Katrina I feel like I don't know. I want to go away, read your book, do some more research and get you back on and go a little bit deeper because I think this subject's really going to resonate. You know, everybody has a sex life of one sort of another, whether it's a completely dead one or a magnificent one. There's always something else to be to be, to learn. And I'm so grateful to you. Thank you. Thanks. I would love to. That would be so much fun to go deep into. Uh, there's so many topics we could just I know. go all the way in. Like, and we haven't even really. I mean, we've touched. You, you, you've, you went a little bit into this. You know, the energy, masculine, feminine, and you know, this is something that in my chakra work, I really, you know, I use, I, I talk about a lot, and obviously because we have this, you know, we have the feminine and masculine side within all of us, and I think that that is really deserves a, a deeper dive as well um and so yeah let's let's um let's make a date so let's say that if anybody has any questions about this if there's any subjects that anybody would like us to um talk about get in touch like you know i know that people listen to this you know instantly and then for about a month or two even longer onwards but if you um listen to this sort of within a month or so of its of its broadcast let me know get in touch um my website's down in the show notes and um and pose a question and katrina and i will well i say katrina and i katrina will <laughs> will, will answer for you because um yeah i think we'll have a conversation about it we'll talk about this stuff and that but that would be wonderful so again thank you thank you so much for having me this has been wonderful thank you
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night. Sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details.